Hey there. I'm about one month from book launch day. Touching Two Worlds, A Guide for Finding Hope in the Landscape of Loss is my new book and it will come out on July 26th. So I thought I would spend today's podcast reflecting a little bit on what I'm learning from this launch at this point in my life uh, with this particular book. I will, of course, attempt to make these learnings helpful to you in whatever it is that you are creating and hoping to release to the world at some point. Quick summary, I'm learning a lot about the value of relationships. No surprise there. I'm learning a lot about how I like to ask for things. And of course, I'm learning a lot about my own psychological well-being, my own mindset, and trying to understand how to effectively manage mindset when I'm in the midst of this marathon. I promise this episode is not intended to be just like a long pitch for the book, but while we're here, while we're beginning, I will just say that pre-sales are super important and they are king and they really help publishers and distributors know how to allocate resources. So buy one, five, 10, 15, 40 copies of the book is actually super helpful. And then the other key thing, of course, is sharing, leaving reviews, talking about books on social media, connections with podcasts, speaking, all of the things that, you know, sort of raise the profile of a message. I'm in the grind of asking for all of those things right now. So, hey, if you're listening and you haven't bought the book and you're open to buying the book, that would be awesome. If you have a podcast and you would like to have a conversation related to mental health, grief, thriving under pressure, I'm all in. Hit me up. Please share the book, share the work if it is helpful to you. Okay. Ass out of the way. It's done. Now, let me offer you some thoughtful reflection and suggestions. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. As entrepreneurs, we're launching things all the time, whether it's a new software release, an update, a product, a book, a new podcast. Part of our work in the world is to be innovative and creative, and that means when we create something, we go through this oof, delightful grind of figuring out how to share that thing with the world, how to birth it, how to launch it. No matter what you're launching, relationships are key. To be honest, I wish it wasn't so much the case. I wish that good books and good ideas could make the rounds in the world without a deeply connected network of relationships, but it's simply not true. Who you know is extraordinarily important when you are launching something. So most of us know kind of different categories of people. We know people who are our friends and family, hopefully our fans. They will talk about us, cheer us on, do things for us, lift heavy boxes, but they may not overlap with our customer base and they may not like be in our niche or in our world. But anytime you're working on a launch, I think it's really important to help your friends and family know what you're doing and how to support you so that they can 
show up emotionally so that they can come over with some popsicles or with a bottle of wine or whatever it is, but they can be your cheering squad. Then, of course, we know people who are customers, who are people who would potentially buy our product, review our product. Obviously, both are important. And those are relationships that we cultivate in a lot of different ways. People who are way smarter than I am are good at really talking about marketing and how to connect with customers and potential customers in a way that feels relational and human. One of the deep challenges that I've experienced with this particular book is that this book is very personal. It's very much based in my experiences losing my dad and my brother. And even though a lot of the book is also written as a psychologist, it's offering something. It's offering tips and strategies and tactics and thoughts and ideas. It it gives something to the reader. It also asks the reader to be present with me in a very human way. And I got to be really honest, I found that super difficult to market or to know how to talk about it in a way that isn't like, hey, want to enter this really, really sad story with me? No matter what your particular launch is about, I think interacting with customers in a relational way is so important. Even if it's a piece of software, People are more connected to people than things. We're more loyal. We have more passion. We have more emotional loading to people than things. So thinking about a relational approach to your launch, I think is really helpful. Another category of people that are really, really important relationships in the context of a launch are connectors. My friend Jason Gaynard does a a really lovely job of talking about these folks. These are people that just like know everybody. Maybe they have an audience themselves, they've got a podcast or a newsletter, or they wield some influence. I guess the Instagram world would call them influencers, but I think much more than that, they're actually connectors. They're people who can introduce you to other people. They're people who can vouch for you because they hold a level of reputation that people respect and pay attention to. I got to be honest, I have a lot of these people in my life, but I have a lot of anxiety about how to use them well because I don't like asking for things and I don't like being irritating, like, hey, can you promote my book? And I know that these are also people that get asked for a lot of things. But I don't think you can have a successful launch without without connectors, without people who will expand the range and the reach of people that you know by, you know, by vouching for you. When I began to feel a little in my head about asking connectors to help me or to make connections for me, I come back to the heart of my mission and my message. And so it helps me to take myself out of the equation. Like I'm not necessarily asking them to do something for me. I'm asking them to do something on behalf of this message that I believe in so much. And for me with this book, it's about the importance of being grief literate, of helping people know what grief looks like, what it feels like, so that they can prepare for the inevitability when grief does happen. I think another part of my message is is helping people to feel comfortable having conversations about grief, about their own grief, about someone that they love who's grieving, and about the mental health implications that go along with grief. So I believe in my message from my toes to the top of my head. And so that's what makes it tolerable, I'll say, for me to email Andrew Warner of Mixergy and for me to do cold outreach or for me to just connect with, you know, important influential people I know and say, hey, I've made something and I think it's useful. 
can you help me? So if you have your friends and family, your customers, potential customers, and then your connectors, I think in the middle of this launch, I'm just so aware of the importance of keeping those relationships healthy all the time, whether or not it's launch time, but just nurturing relationships with intention and with rhythm. I wish I was better at that. I think like many of you, my life is often sort of like full to the very edges of the pages. Like there's just not a lot of space, but I have friends that are really good at this. My friend Kelsey Ramsden's really good at this. Every time she gets in the car, she just sort of like hops on the phone with someone and she's got these like little rhythms and little tricks that I don't even know if she's doing it on purpose or if she just really, you know, loves people and wants to catch up and connect. But those little actions I think are really valuable in keeping connection fresh not just because you need it, not just because you're trying to launch something and leverage it, but because those connections also offer you the opportunity to be helpful to others. All right, second category of things that I'm thinking about or learning as I'm in the middle of this launch, my own mindset, my own mental health. I do this for a living, helping other people through their difficult moments, their difficult experiences. So obviously I've got it all figured out, right? Mm, Not so much. I decided to kick off all of our press with this book by creating an original circus show for Mental Health Awareness Month in May. Um, If you aren't a regular listener to the podcast, I have this like side hustle love as a circus artist. I do aerial, do a little flying trapeze. Really love it. It's been an important part of my life. So I got together with a number of people in the circus community here in the Twin Cities where I live, and we created a show. And rented a beautiful space, hired a caterer, sold tickets, like did the whole deal. It was really beautiful. I was so proud of it. And it's one of the things that I've done in my life that I'm really just all as a whole person satisfied by. It was creative. It was intelligent. It was interesting. It was respectful. Like I love everything about it. So I don't know if you need to um, hire circus artists or you want to put together a circus show, hit me up because I know people. Anyway, we began the public conversations or began the launch with this show, which I really loved being able to invite people to something extraordinary rather than just say, hey, can you buy my book or can you talk about my book? Can you post about my book? We invited people into something that was really special. And I really liked that sense of hosting space. So I know book launch parties are sort of maybe out of vogue, but it feels really nice to get people together around a thing. And honestly, that's an easier ask for me. But okay, getting back to my own sort of psychological learnings. We did the show in May. Right after the show ended, I went straight into recording the audiobook. Also happened to correspond to a time when Rob was doing a lot of traveling. He was in London for MicroConf and had another trip. So I went straight from this show that we worked on for like five months pretty intensively to being in the studio, recording the audiobook and single parenting. And then I went on a trip to Croatia, which I was thinking would be very restful, but ended up being kind of exhausting. And so now I'm coming into the heart of book launch time. And to be honest, I'm kind of tired. So the thing I'm learning about 
this process is just really energy conservation. I tell it to founders all the time, all of the things, whether it's a launch or an exit, they all take longer and more energy than we ever think they will. So I wish that I had reminded myself of that a little bit more. And I probably would have organized travel a little differently or just given myself a little bit of margin. But launches are a marathon. And inevitably, to borrow a term from Seth Godin, there's a dip. There's a place in the story where you're done and you're tired and you don't have any more oomph. So for me, that happened about two weeks ago. It was after the show, after the audiobook, after the single parenting thing, like all of that stuff. And I just was looking at the calendar, realizing all of the things that I needed to do to get ready for the heart of the book launch. And I just felt like, oh, this is not worth it. It's too much. I'm too tired. There's no way I can be successful. Like all of the negative self-talk just began to brew. And for me, the way that I, one of the ways that I coped with that was to talk about it. You know, I have a mastermind group that meets every couple of weeks. And I said, I'm so discouraged right now. Like I'm tired. I feel like over it. And I haven't even really started And so being able to express it out loud was really validating because, of course, other entrepreneurs get it. Other entrepreneurs know that you can be super in on something that you're creating, but then have these times where the self-doubt takes over and the amount of work becomes overwhelming. And so that was really helpful. I think also when I recognized that I was feeling negatively, I really started to look for the wins. I started kind of taking more inventory of the yeses, the supportive responses, the yes, absolutely, I will love to do that. Please come on my podcast. Like there were positive things happening. I think they just felt sort of overshadowed by my tiredness. And so choosing to look at the data and almost intentionally skew for the positive was really helpful. It kind of helped build some momentum. The other thing that has helped sort of dig me out of the dip is to really focus on individuals, individual conversations, individual stories. I have a a friend named Scott who's a WordPress entrepreneur, but also runs a podcast called Drive On, which is really about the experiences of of military veterans and their reintegration into the U.S. post-combat. And Scott has also the experience of, of losing a brother. He lost his brother in combat. And I've interviewed him on the podcast. I reached out to him in my launch plan and said, hey, I'd love to come on your podcast if you're open to that. And he gave an enthusiastic yes. And we had such a thoughtful conversation, such a real conversation about all the hard things and about how we both coped with them. And it was absolutely the heart of why I wrote the book and what I want the conversation to be. So the individual power of that conversation really kind of refueled me for the work of the launch because it went from the general, the broad, the long, long lists of things to do and people to contact to the very specific of in this moment for this 45 minutes, two humans had a really great conversation. And those moments, and I have them often, like they're sprinkled throughout my day, the moments of connection, the moments that reiterate the why, really leaning into those moments also fuels the energy for the launch because they create more connection. I think they're also a reminder of gratitude, of no matter what, how lucky 
I am, that people care at all about the work that I'm doing, that people care at all about the things that matter to me. I never want to not be grateful for that. I never want to take that for granted. I think part of of doing a launch is really choosing your mirrors. You know, I'm working with a publisher for this book, and in many ways they've been very helpful. And in some ways I feel like I'm interacting with people who are themselves overworked and tired. And so my interactions with them are sort of like another to do. And so I sense from them this sort of like lackluster response sometimes. And if I, if I use that as my mirror, if I use that as a reflection on the value of this work, it's pretty discouraging. I've also been pitching podcasts and podcast hosts that just get lots of pitches, right? Jim Quick, Aubrey Marcus, like they get however many pitches they get. And so they don't respond to me. If you're listening though, I'd love to be on your podcast. And I, again, can choose for them to be my mirror, to say, hey, these really influential people just don't seem to care. They don't even sort of like dignify my message with a response. Even though I know people that know them, like it's not a total stretch. If I let that be my mirror, then I'm discouraged, right? It's a reflection back to me that says this isn't important. It doesn't matter. It doesn't add any value. But we do get to choose our mirrors. We can select them, right? We can choose the funhouse ones that make us look really tall or skinny or really rotund and, you know, distorted. Or we can find the mirrors that best reflect us and reflect our work that we feel are the most real, the most authentic. And for me, my number one mirror is always Rob, my husband, who you know has been in all of these stories and all of this work and all of this stuff with me since we were college kids. And I trust him to tell me if something needs work or something is excellent. He's probably the most accurate mirror because he's the closest. And then my other mirrors are the people who are most impacted by this work. So for the circus show, I worked with a friend and coach named Lynn who also lost her brother to suicide. And because I know that she gets this pain in such a visceral way, when she says, this book is really beautiful. I read a lot of grief books, but I really think yours is important. Man, when she says that to me, I hear it. I'm choosing her as a mirror. So I think it's important to be so strategic about what feedback you let into your heart and your mind and what feedback you just choose to sort of disengage from. Launching things is hard. It's really hard. And I don't know that it gets easier. At least it it hasn't for me because each thing that I've launched, each book or course or project has been a little bit different And I've had a different relationship with each of the things that I was launching. I know some of you probably uh, do this all the time and you have a system and a machine and good on you, but I still get my sort of heart and mind intertwined in the process and so have to do all this messy emotional work. But it is the heart of entrepreneurship to be making and then to be sharing and the hard work to create the kinds of relationships that you need to share effectively, and then the hard inner work to choose your mirrors, to honor your dip, to have the conversations that you need to help support you. That's also a really important part of the work. So if you are in a launch, 
good on you. I'm cheering for you. Soar right over that dip onto your success. But don't forget to honor how rough it is and how extraordinary it is that we all get to do what we do every day. So if you have any stories about how you have coped with the challenges of your launches, I would love to hear them. Feel free to email me, sherry at zenfounder.com or share them on social media and tag me. I'm at Sherry Walling on Instagram and Twitter. And I won't plug my book again, but you know, you heard it. You know, you know what's up. Thanks so much for listening and for your support. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health bootcamp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.